Rewind with Oisín Langan. It's a penalty to Liverpool in the final minute. Benteke steps up, he scores, he wins it for Liverpool. I think he'd give it for the challenge. You think he was contact before the knee. If he's give it for the knee on the back of the foot at that, at that slight touch, are you kidding me? Is there a frustration with, say, Damien Delaney, huge experienced player, that he's even left himself in that position at the final play of the game? Cheers, mate. bigger man takes a bigger shot so I'll learn from it and I'll come back better. Him and uh, one place we need to start is with uh, Alan Fitzgerald sending off there's been a lot of people comparing it to Conor McGregor who was up late last night watching the UFC did you see it yourself what did you make of the incident? I didn't see Alan's incident and I didn't see Conor McGregor's fight so um, I can't comment on either to be honest Uh, look I'd say it's probably the first time this um, Alan's ever been sent off in his career so it's something I'd have to look at and look if we were offside with some of our discipline today it's something we'd have to work on starting next weekend this is the Rewind on News Talk coming up today. A lot more on all of that. Plus, we've got Tyrone boss Mickey Hart on winning four games in a row. Fintan O'Toole of the 42.ie will be along to analyse the GA weekend. A busy one it was as well. As well as all that, we've got Connacht captain John Muldoon cocked on top of the Guinness Pro 12. First up, though, it's the Premier League, Champions League and, of course, their Tristy League with ex-Chelsea Shamrock Rovers and Ireland fullback Paddy Mulligan, who's been speaking to Team 33, off the ball, and, of course, the Rewind's Raf Diallo. Will there be a winner now as Benteke tries to get in behind inside the area? Christian Benteke. Penny, oh, penny. Penny. It has to be. It's not. It is a penalty. It, it is a penalty. Why is Damien doing? He's slid in. I don't know why. He's saying he hasn't touched him, but the referee is flagging it. The linesman has given it. It's a penalty. It's a penalty to Liverpool in the final minute of injury time at Selhurst Park Damien Delaney is adamant he hasn't touched it but the ball was picked up in the 10 area slid down the side of Delaney left side centre back Benteke so great pace great strength to get on the end of the ball and somehow Delaney is coming as Benteke gets the touch oh what drama right at the oh end my. oh he has it's, it's the, the dive. worst it's the worst I've dive ever seen ever. The referee didn't give the penalty the, the linesman gave it which is why I was initially confused because the referee I thought was pointing for a goal kick. It is a penalty. Christian Benteke to win it for Liverpool. He hasn't scored in 13 games. This will be the last kick of the game. It's Palace 1, Liverpool 1. This for a first win at Selhurst Park since 1997. Christian Benteke against Alex McCarthy. Can he make himself the hero, McCarthy? Benteke steps up. He scores. He wins it for Liverpool. Three victories in a row for Jurgen Klopp. Benteke runs to celebrate with the Liverpool supporters. Damien Delaney is absolutely incensed. They got the penalty. The last kick of the game, surely. It's Crystal Palace 1, Liverpool 2. All right, Paddy. Uh, before we get your thoughts, this is what Damien Delaney said on Instagram about that penalty. Um, I can honestly say I didn't make contact with Benteke today, and if there was a slight contact, I didn't impede him and certainly didn't feel there was enough to award a penalty in the 96th minute. If a penalty is awarded that late, it has to be unequivocal. I waited over an hour to speak with the officials, and in fairness to Andre Mariner, he said he didn't think it was a penalty, but he trusted his linesman that much he awarded it. With- <laughs> Didn't trust himself then. With the way the game was refed and the physicality of both teams, it was unbelievably harsh. With how Wilfred and Yannick were manhandled by Liverpool players over the course of the game, which I've no problem with, it was a really tough decision to take so late. All I can do is swallow it and hope to put it or put this right. 
Um, so Paddy that was Damien Delaney talking about yeah, that he's, penalty he's not slow in, in, in manhandling uh, players himself now Damien yeah. don't be don't be. I can understand you sticking up for your teammates but no. what what was it was a controversial decision so just what was Andrew Marner coming yeah. out with afterwards saying that he didn't so he's the referee why didn't he overrule his linesman yeah. and give the penalty surely he's, surely the referee is the final decision of the referee so all he had to do is walk over to the linesman and say look at I, I don't think it was a penalty I saw it I had a good clear view of it and I can't, I can't give that penalty. Yeah, was it a dive though from, well, well, from yeah, Benteke? Well, uh, um, Benteke was on his way down before Delaney even got near him. Yeah, uh, in my in my estimation, I was watching the game yesterday, and and um, as much in hall as, as I was thrilled that Liverpool went on to win it, it was I think it was an absolutely dreadful decision um, uh, yesterday to 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 give a penalty to Benteke because uh, he he was he was fully aware of where the surroundings were, and he, he decided that he'd he'd go to ground. Very, very easy. The man is six foot two or six foot three, you know, and he's a fine specimen. And if he can get knocked over that easy, well, then I, I, I don't know what the game is coming to. Be honest yeah. with you, know. so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's very it's, it's very very poor. I mean, Klopp seems to think that it, that it was a penalty. I certainly didn't think it was a penalty. Not even in real time, they didn't think it was a penalty. Yeah. But look, but look at the penalty was given, and and and, and that's it. But if, if if what would what would worry me is the fact that that uh, Andre Andre Mariner said he didn't think it was a penalty. So why did he give it? Yeah, but I suppose they have given our linesmen and other officials kind of a bit more licence to be able to yeah, overrule Well, I don't think Marner was strong in that, in that situation. Yeah. Um, and, and he should have said, look, I don't think it was a penalty and this is why. Yeah. And, and we'll, you know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll agree to differ at this moment in time but, uh, and we, we'll see who's right afterwards. But, you know, in my opinion, it's, it's not a penalty. Yeah, and, and the full and final decision should be with the referee, surely. Yeah. And the full and final uh, result was Liverpool two, Crystal Palace one, and it was a it was it a was very only, it was a fortuitous win, no question about it. Oh yeah, it was only when they went down to ten men that they started playing it on. They brought Coutinho on, at least Coutinho uh, uh, kept the ball and brought people into play, and and uh, McCarthy, the, the the Palace goalkeeper. I mean, that, that's that's where you really that's where and uh, uh, that's where Pardew should really really be annoyed. Yeah, I mean he he, he kicks the ball straight out to a Liverpool player. Shouldn't he be annoyed though with his whole team given whole that team. given that look they had a man advantage they yes. were a goal up yeah. and somehow they didn't make they didn't spread the play out wide they didn't stretch the Liverpool defence at all and yeah. they, Sahav, yeah. Sahav uh, flatters it a save just for instance yeah. uh, but last he thought that it was his show for, uh, for, the, for the whole game and that I'll do my tricks and bits and pieces here but I won't threaten the Liverpool goal and I get on the ball in midfield and I won't go I won't go anywhere quickly yeah. I certainly won't be taking the direct route to goal but don't why, why would we why would we do that Liverpool down to 10 men uh, for the last half an hour of the game and 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 Palace didn't uh, didn't punish Liverpool not that there a great deal of chances but uh, they they never even looked like creating anything because they went back into their shell yeah. for some for some uh, weird reason perhaps it's a lack of confidence that they haven't you know won in the last 11 games 12 games now at this juncture but i mean that that's their problem so so Pardew should really as you as you quite rightly point out Rav, uh, uh should really be annoyed, uh, more annoyed at Crystal Palace yeah. than at the referee or or, or, or at Liverpool, because yeah. they're the ones who have the game in, in in their hands. Liverpool have an awful record at Palace, haven't won there since that's the first win since in ninety seven since ninety seven. Yeah. yeah, you know, they, yes, they won a cup match there a few seasons ago, but but it, it's been it's been a barren a, a barren hunting ground for for, for Liverpool. So I mean, if I were Pardew, I, I wouldn't be berating uh, Liverpool or, or or referees or anybody else or, or linesmen. You know, his own team needs to take a long, hard look at themselves and just see what's going on. I mean, Kabaye uh, went missing yesterday. Yeah. Uh, again. And, and 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 there's a talent there. 
well, would he ever realise the talent? That's the that's the that's the worrying aspect of it. He was up at Newcastle as well. He was doing the same thing. Pardew, you know, brought him. He went to I think he went to France then for for a spell and then came back into the Premier League with with uh, with Pardew. Yeah. Because of the track record at, at, at Newcastle, but I'm afraid now, uh, Mr. Goodbye, you're not you're not doing yourself any favours or, or or Palace any favours either, or Mr. Yeah. Pardew who who put so much stock uh, in your in, in your in in your ability. And another team that failed to capitalise on a man advantage, Tottenham Arsenal. It was a good game to watch, actually. It, yes, it had yeah. kind of had everything. Um, it had, uh, you know, controversy, controversy as well. Because yeah. Tottenham probably should have had Dyer sent off. But well, Dyer should have gone for yeah, sure. First, if it was, sure. it was similar to the Coquelin kind of oh, situation. Yeah. But uh, it, overall, do you think Fenger got most of his calls right in that game? It seemed he did. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Fenger has a difficult back. Well, look, they had to get the calls right. Yeah. Because uh, it was, it's been a dreadful week for them, uh, and and um, it's not going to cover over the cracks the the two all with Spurs, yeah. Because of of the way they got beaten by United and then getting beaten at Swansea home. But the way that, that they got beaten by United was absolutely unforgivable, unforgivable for Arsenal, because when he should have been playing Giroud up front on on Carrick and Blind, he didn't, and Walcott was all over the place, and and. Then when the horse had bolted, he he decides he he leave Walcott out, but no, it's it's it, uh, it's still it's still definitely the play for. But Arsenal are the same old Arsenal. They flatter the deceive. You think yes, it's going to be it's got a chance now this year, yeah, and then they're going to turn it on. But no, they don't turn it on, and they actually turn you off watching them sometimes because yes, they're clever and yes, they 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 play decent football up to a point. Yeah, but they've got to be more threatening in 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 the in, in the eighteen yard box, and they've got to be an awful lot more solid at the back as well. Yeah, and and right right through the team, you know, they're 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 just uh, they're just sometimes they're they're so mediocre. I wonder are 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 players, the players at Arsenal, are they as good as as they're cracked up to be? Yeah, uh, when pressure comes on, because that's when you that's when that's when you 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 find out uh, your men in in a team, uh, when when there is a bit of pressure and. And and yes, they stood up to it on Sunday, but they haven't done beforehand, and that's uh, that's got to be a huge concern. But the manager brings in these type of individuals, so the the, the book has to stop with the manager. Yeah. Whether 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 Arsene Wenger, I'm an admirer of Arsene Wenger, but the book has got to stop with him, and he's got to decide: are these players mentally strong enough for the type of team that I want? Because if they're the type of players that that he's bringing in on a consistent basis, well, then he mustn't be mentally too strong, and yeah. that would be a huge concern for Arsenal Football Club. Uh, at this moment. Yeah, and actually looking at the Coquelin double yellow, the one Dyer probably should have got, then Milner in the Palace match and then Mata in the United match. There was a bit of a trend of players getting first getting booked, whether it was stupid or actually legitimate, fair enough. But then There were three, three stupid sentences. Yeah, but off. then not having the maybe the brain power there to maybe even think about maybe not flying in for tackle. Coquelin didn't need to. No. Milner didn't need to. No, neither. No. Especially Mata, where he was Mata, Mata didn't need to. Yeah. Oh, it was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and 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 Matas was unforgivable. He was he 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 performed a real act of of stupidity uh, yesterday. Yeah, with, with with the first tackle for the start that he that he missed completely, and also the second one that he just decided I'll just have a I'll just have a go at Fletcher here, and I'll kick right through him. Yeah, what and what did he expect? It wasn't if it was a I was watching. It wasn't if it was a dirty match or that Fletcher was was, was annoying him. Not at all. He he just had a mad rush of blood to the head. And and away and away he went and you'd have to put question marks. Right? Well, I've always I, I've never I've never I'm one of the few probably I've never I've never um, liked Mata. Uh, oh, really? No, as a player, I think he he goes missing for too long. Yeah. Um, in midfield, and when he should be the orchestrator, 
and he, he's on, very much on the fringes and he's very much he goes wide in the right and he drifts off wide to the left that to me is hiding yeah and do you think that's where Mourinho maybe always well when he was at Chelsea anyway he, oh, yeah. he, he, he was one of the first players he decided yeah. he, he, knew, uh, he knew off. he knew he was a drifter and, 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 and uh, he wasn't going to take you out of, out of the mire yeah. uh, in, in a big game and if you check back the records off the top of my head at United he hasn't done that at United either yeah. It's all very well when they're two or three up and he flicks a goal here and he gets a free kick there. But no, I, I, there's a lot, lot lot, left to be desired there with, uh, with one matter, you know? Yeah, and uh, Tottenham, uh, you'd kind of think they had, they know, they had they, our Arsenal on the rack similarly yeah. to Crystal Palace. They didn't know how to win it. Yeah, and... That's the concern for Tottenham fans. That's two shaky results. First, the defeat to West Ham and then yes. uh, yeah. the draw with Arsenal when yeah. they should have really gone on and pushed on. And you know, the, 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 for, for both Arsenal and, 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 and Spurs, it was an ideal time to meet each other because they had so much to prove. Because yeah. West Ham beat, beat Spurs, Swansea, Swansea had beaten Arsenal and Man United had beaten Arsenal. So look, at a big London derby, what more could you ask for? This is going to really get you going. If you can't get ready for this one, then you shouldn't be playing the game. And and of course they 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 did and but I, I wonder whether or not Spurs know how to how to win the league. It's a long long time since they've been in this uh, strong position. Yeah, they looked good. It's similar to the way Arsenal are, I suppose, in the sense that as they get closer to, you know, maybe getting to well, the they top, start panicking. Then something goes wrong, and then they yeah. slip back a little. They bit. don't have the mental fortitude. Yeah, that that that'd be the the big thing because it, it, it to me it has, it's not it's not about football ability because both teams have lots of football ability. But if you're if you're not strong mentally. To go through the tough games, they go through the tough tackles. Then you, you know, you're gonna be, you're gonna be in trouble. I, w- I would have always thought. Yeah, um, and uh, that leaves Leicester kind of brilliant, almost uh, wonderful. <laughs> almost other teams there, that but not quite. Yet. Yeah, I have a long way to go, Leicester. I mean, an awful lot of stuff could happen in the meantime. Yeah, an awful lot, and 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 uh, Leicester. That was, a, that was, I think, that was a smashing win on Saturday against Watford. Watford are no easy team to to Definitely go to the road no. and and. And take care of, and they went and they and and they did it, and perhaps should have won by an, uh, another goal or two. Um, but Ranieri, I think Ranieri is brilliant. You know the way he comes out. He says, "Oh, there's no pressure. We've we 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 we've achieved what we set out to achieve." Yeah. And that was the at the forty points for a start, and and uh, and now look at where they are. But it, it's going to take it's going to take some performance from from. Uh, I can only see maybe Arsenal and Spurs now. I thought City might might come in with a with a late run, and maybe maybe they still might, but. I think it's it's, it's really Arsenal, uh, Leicester, Arsenal, Spurs. I think yeah. uh, at this at this juncture because um, I think City have just drifted away. I know they hammered Aston Villa. You pick eleven from in here that hammer Aston Villa these <laughs> days because because they're absolutely useless. Yeah. So it's it's going to be very empty. But I I sincerely hope that Leicester go and and, and win and do what Nottingham Forest did back in yeah. seventy eight, seventy nine season, eighty season, and 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 go and win the league title. It it'll be absolutely it'll be brilliant for the game, brilliant for Leicester. Uh, football club, and also that Ranieri is managing. Yeah, you now every every a lot of other managers say, well, uh, like Liverpool come out and 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 they're saying that well he, he he's going to have a, a a lot of money club in in the in the summer to go and buy players. That doesn't necessarily say that you're going to buy the right players. Definitely not. You know, with all the money that you might have, you could very well go and buy all the wrong players, which has been happening at Liverpool for quite some time. So. Ranieri's management skills are very much to the fore here that he's getting the very best out of what these players have got to offer and, and, and they're trusting him and they're ready to go through uh, uh, anything uh, to, to go and win matches and, and long, long may it continue but it's wonderful for management like Mourinho when he's at Chelsea oh, I didn't get any money but now Mr Mourinho you have to, you have to test your management skills yeah at this juncture, all very well going out and spending thirty or forty million on on on, on some genius of a player, 
uh, will come in and, and make the world a difference here. But it's another thing to go, go and man, manage players that some people would have would have considered average. But I tell you what, there's some very very fine players in that Leicester City team, and they've got they've got great football intelligence. And it's, I, I just love watching them. I've loved watching them for the past, little over a past, uh, year now. Two years actually from when they came back in yeah. uh, to the Premier League, and they've been even under Nigel Pearson. I didn't particularly like Nigel Pearson as as, as a manager, but in fairness to him, he left the club in a, in a, in a very very uh, good good shape. And Ranieri just came in and and picked up the pieces. And he was clever enough, Ranieri. And this is this is this is wonderful management, I think, as well. He was clever enough not to do anything daft, yeah. not to try and change it. I'll put my stamp on it. He's put a stamp on it in the in the correct fashion. Fergie left Man United. Um, in, in, in a total mess and then an appointment that they should never have made which I was never in agreement with David Moyes should never have done that Mourinho was the man to go in at that time and, and now they have now they have Van Hal, who's all over the place and, and, and the sad part about it for Man United fans is they think they've been beating Shrewsbury and, uh, and, uh, and, the, and the Danish team that uh, they're out of the woods far from it lads you've yeah. a long long way to go and finally there is Chelsea uh, PSG this week as well oh, uh, the Champions League return uh, obviously PSG hold the advantage but oh, uh, yeah. Chelsea have an away goal which is the important thing uh, do you hold out any hope for them? Oh yes you'd hold you'd yeah. certainly hold out hope for them especially especially at the bridge Yeah. oh yeah and with, with Costa um, hopefully fit and, and, and raring to go and you know when he's when he's in form look, anything is possible and the way the Chelsea midfield the way Fabregas has been playing where he hadn't, hadn't played for a year nearly Yeah. Um, it, in my estimation and and um, he, he's he's come back on, on on song. Hazard is beginning to do a little bit. Um, so no, you hold out, you hold out. Hope the 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 one downside of it is that uh, you'd wonder. I I wonder about uh, court was. Yeah. You know he, they're talking him up and talking him up. It's a bad bad move. I think to let Czech go. Uh, court was is, is flaps an awful lot for such a big big man. He 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 makes too many errors, and. Uh, I think I thought also against Paris Saint-Germain that there was no need from the come off his line uh, for their second goal and he went, he went and did it and ran like a, a, a mad bull in a china shop. But hopefully he's, hopefully he's learning. I know he's only a young lad but hopefully he's learning and, and uh, hopefully if he's playing for uh, the Belgians against Ireland that he goes and does something daft like that as well. We can all pray. We can all pray and hope. And, <laughs> and uh, whichever God you believe in go and yeah. pray to him. And uh, of course this is of maybe it's not as it's not as major, but it is the Europa League, and there is the carrot of a Champions League uh, place if you you win it. So Man United play Liverpool in yeah, this huge round. Game. Uh, it's a huge game, but who needs it more? A huge game. Both of them need it. Both of them need it equally. As, yeah, both I think need it both to get into equally, equally as much because um, I don't I don't believe United. Although they're only three or four points off to, uh, the top four, I don't believe United will get there, and I don't believe that Liverpool will get there either in uh, in the. Get an automatic spot into the into the Champions League. So, um, for could, yeah. local rivalry, you know, uh, both teams, of course, will want to yeah. win this. And 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 uh, the pendulum seems to have won- swung towards Liverpool just slightly. Um, that remains to be seen. Look at anything can happen in a Man United Liverpool game, yeah. as has done down the years. And uh, it's it's going to be very interesting. But it's it's a sad state of affairs that we're talking about Liverpool and Man United in the Europa League. With all due respect to Europa League, when we really should be talking about them in the Champions League yeah. like Liverpool and Chelsea there back in, in 2005-2006 season or thereabouts and, and uh, uh, but look at that's the way both clubs have gone we can't blame the Europa League for that um, they, they, they've, both clubs have failed miserably so 
let, let the best man win over the two legs, the tenth and the seventeenth. All right, happy days. I'm going. I'm going. I'll put my Liverpool hat on and just <laughs> just go for Liverpool. And the, but it's it's more than than hope than anything else. Yeah. I can assure you. Well, thanks a million for dropping in, Paddy. Not at all, pleasure. Okay, you want me to drop out now? You do. <laughs> This is the Rewind on News Talk. Still to come, Gaelic football and hurling with Fintan O'Toole of the 42.ie, plus some of the managers. But first, it is UFC and what next for Conor McGregor? Here is what McGregor had to say to BT Sport after his defeat to Nate Diaz in Las Vegas on Saturday night. It would take cleaner work to put the bigger man away, not load up on some shots like I did, like I would usually in, in the featherweight division and get away with it. I'd crumble the guy. But the bigger man takes a bigger shot so uh, I'll learn from it and I'll come back better and the next stage now you think is to go back down to 145 pounds and defend your belt we'll see I, I'd imagine so but we'll see you know. uh, I'll give it some thought right now I'm going to have a drink celebrate uh, there's been a lot of historical moments and this was another one so I will not uh, I will celebrate this like, like, like you should you should celebrate all adversity because it makes you it makes you grow and it makes you stronger so what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and this is this is something that uh, will make me stronger MMA broadcaster and journalist Richard Barrett of PunditArena.com was in Vegas for the bout and he spoke to News Talk Breakfast about what went wrong and what could be next for McGregor um, I think Conor came into this fight um, underestimating Diaz I believe he thought that the victory was there already and he's a very confident person as it is. But he he did not, I suppose, understand the differences when you go from being 145 pounds to, to 169. Or, like That's an incredible amount of weight to put on and I think he underestimated the fact that Diaz has been around the block and is just a brawler, is really incredibly, incredibly talented jiu-jitsu guy. And um, I think on Connor's on Connor's from Connor's side of things, he he underestimated Diaz, and I think that's what happened. He believed the fight was won without throwing a punch, and um, I guess when you be, when you get that cocky and you underestimate someone, then you know you start to cracks start to appear in your in your rear guard. I think that's what happened with Connor. Connor was undefeated in the UFC, and, and that's a lot. That's a heavy weight to to bear on your shoulders. He remains undefeated at lightweight, and or sorry, at, at featherweight. He remains undefeated. And he's still going to get the biggest fights. He's still going to be the biggest name in the UFC. I mean, he can he can go one of two ways here. He can take this as an opportunity to go back to what he's good at, which is one four five, and just start to grind out more and more victories and really, really ramp up his uh, persona in the UFC. No one's immortal in combat sports. It doesn't matter any, any form of pugilism. I think the minute you lose that that tag of, of being undefeated, I think it gives you an opportunity to really focus and and excel. And I know that might sound like. Um, it's a bit of an oxymoron that you need to lose to succeed. Before Connor, he does not need to worry about his win streak anymore. He can go back to basics and start to pick off his opponents in the one four five division. I mean, the good thing about Connor and what he does different to a number of other competitors in, in boxing and MMA is that he picks the biggest fights. He he goes out, he seeks somebody that offers a real threat to him, and he fights them. And I mean, that that's a credit to Connor. I think his brand. It may be bruised, but it, it's certainly, certainly still humongous in, in the sport. There is no one in, in any in any sport. We look at Mayweather, like he looks took so long to fight Pacquiao. 
Conor McGregor takes three months between his fights and he picks the toughest guys where there's the biggest risk and I think that's what puts him apart from everyone else. GAA now and in hurling Waterford made it three wins from three with a dramatic 118 to 117 defeat of Tipperary in Thurlis. Austin Gleeson with a long range free to seal it in the end for the Dacia while Tom Devine got their first league goal of the season. Now a lot of people call him Devine but I'm related to him. I'm related to a lot of his family. They all refer to themselves as Devine. My grandmother was a Devine. I'm led to believe although I don't actually really know Tom I only met him once that he doesn't mind Anyway, Divine Divine, whatever you're having yourself, it was a divine goal for the Waterford man. Yeah, I had to go there. Anyway, Waterford boss Derek McGrath told WLRFM's Tomas McCarthy they tried some things out and they did seem to work. Uh, we're just delighted with the effort and to get over the line is extra special, you know. He tried out Austin as full forward from the start, but Tom Devine nearly seemed better suited to that role when he came in off the bench. Well, he did because he got a goal, I suppose. If Austin had caught the first ball in the first half and went in, you'd be kind of, you might be saying that, uh, that Austin was more suited to it. Yeah, like, like, listen, I've seen Austin playing with WIT in full forward and he's been a massive threat there over the years. Look, we're, we're probably being accused of, of the same thing all the time. You know, we've actually tweaked it game to game very much so, and like Tom did very well. and that's his job and we were trying to get him to kind of turn and go at fellas as because he has very athletic for a guy he's extremely athletic extremely quick so he, that's what he did and he at least we have the, the, the monkey of not getting a goal off our backs as well which is a kind of welcome relief for ourselves as well as the management Kilkenny made it two wins from three beating Galway 21 points to 114 in Division 1B Limerick beat Offaly 119 to 14 points at O'Connor Park while Wexford secured a comfortable 225 to 8 points victory at Austin Stax Park uh, on Saturday night, Clare overcoming Leash. So Clare and Limerick very much neck and neck in the running for promotion from Division 1B. Kerry secured back-to-back wins in the Alliance Football League. They beat Donegal 113-18 to in what what one might call a heated Division 1 clash at Austin Stacks Park. Uh, Alan Fitzgerald sent off for Kerry while Leo McLoon saw red for Donegal who suffered their first defeat of the season. Now after the game, off the ball's own Sheehan chatted with Kingdom manager Eamon Fitzmaurice who, as you would expect, wasn't giving too much away about the Fitzgerald-McGee incident for which Fitzgerald was sent off after unloading a punch or two on the defender who was bending back his fingers. Anyway, this is what uh, Eamon had to say to Owen. I mean, uh, the one place we need to start is with uh, Alan Fitzgerald sending off. There's been a lot of people comparing it to Conor McGregor that he was up late last night watching the UFC. And did you see it yourself? What did he make of the incident? I didn't see Alan's incident and I didn't see Conor McGregor's fight. So um, I can't comment on either, to be honest. Uh, look, I'd say it's probably the first time this um, Alan's ever been sent off in his career. So it's something I'd have to look at. And look, if we were offside with some of our discipline today, it's something we'll have to work on uh, starting next weekend. How do you play this now? I mean, it's worked out pretty well over the past few seasons, finishing in the mid-table position. I know you've got a tendency to go on warm weather training camps when the semi-finals of the league are happening. Is that almost like an ideal position for this Kerry team to finish in a mid-table bracket? Of course, you want to win every game, but now with four points in the bank, survival is almost now attained. You're probably one win away. Is that the top of your priorities? No, I think what we set out for every year to start to the league is we set out to try and win every game, um, give a good few players game time and see where that takes us. Obviously, you want to retain your Division 1 status is the big priority. 
Um, but if you can get to a league semi-final and a league final and win a league, it's, it's, it's all, all the better. It's good for the squad. It's extra games in Crow Park. Um, so, no, we definitely, you know, we're not going to get carried away. We're still going to take it on a game-by-game basis. We've very tough game against Mayo up in Castlebar next weekend. They're scrapping for everything. They've been unlucky in a few of their games that they haven't um, got results. Uh, they had a good result today, so that's going to be a severe test for us next weekend. And after that, then we'll assess where we're at. And can I just ask you as well about Paul Murphy and anybody who follows the Kerry, Kerry club scene is well familiar with what he can do in that position, but perhaps the people outside of Kerry, this is something that's been quite novel this year. Is it something that you're looking into for perhaps come the summer because he's been really impressive in the last two games? Yeah, no, look, I mean, with, with all of these, the, these experiments that you try, what you're ultimately trying to do is make the team stronger. Um, in the last two weeks, Paul playing centre-forward has made us stronger. There might be games where we need him in the half-back line as well, so... Um, it'll depend, uh, you know, how things are going for the team, how, what type of opposition we're playing and so on. But uh, undoubtedly, Paul has done very well the last two weekends. Thanks, Evan. Elsewhere in Division 1, Mayo picked up their first win of the campaign with a 2-11-1-12 victory over Monaghan. Uh, Roscommon overcame down 1-12-6 points at Pierce Park. After their defeat to Mayo, Monaghan boss Manicky O'Rourke spoke to off the balls. Tommy Rooney. I thought the first 20, 25 minutes we played a lot of good football. And as you say, we're in control. Again, we gave the ball away and they came up and got a goal. And it was a really important time for them to get the goal. After that, you know, I felt that we still, we were sort of the authors of our own downfall and that we, we, we gave the ball away. We were in attacking positions, we gave the ball away. We ran into traffic at times, just poor use of the ball and things got there. So we were disappointed at half-time. We, we, we knew we'd, we'd done a lot of things well, but at the same time, we, we'd, uh, you know, we'd, we'd made trouble for ourselves, if you like. So, uh, But at the, we were very much in the game and it was, it was about coming out in the second half and, and, and trying to correct those mistakes. Uh, you know, we did that to a degree, but we still we, we still gave too much ball away and we were punished and they end up Conor McMahon has kicked 1-8 but you move them out to the 40 in the second half is that to kind of get involved in the game itself more yeah we just felt in the first half that you know he was being double teamed times and, and, and things weren't just we just weren't getting the ball into him and I think he got it it was more in corners one thing or another. so we just felt that maybe get him out into a wee bit of space he'd get on the ball more and, and, and have a chance to, you know to, to exploit the space out there a wee bit more you know to work to a degree but I suppose look at you know Connor's going to be marked every day he goes out and uh, uh, you know his free taking was great but uh, he just didn't get as, as much from play today as we would have liked but you know that's, that's, that's what happens on different days and especially when he gets the attention that he does You have a lot of young lads coming in the forward line Conor, Conor McCarthy Young McGinn Carey's coming on McInnesby you seem to be building a, a lot of forwards are you happy with how you're getting on? Yeah you know there, there is a lot of fellas in the two, I thought there were two wing half forwards again today Thomas Kerr and, and uh, uh, Shane Kerr both put in massive shifts you know and, and, and work back really well and, and use the ball great as well so no you know there is there's, there's lots of positives out of the game and, and again you know, can't fault the resilience of the boys you know no matter we were, went back it wasn't looking good after me got the goal but the boys kept, kept coming back and you know with a wee bit more composure uh, we could we could have got something out of the game and even even you know the last couple of frees we conceded we had the ball both times uh, it was our mistakes led to, to me getting the ball back and, and converting the free so things like that are just you know disappointing for us but you know at least that we know there are areas that we can improve on and that's, that's what we have to do It's the second one point defeat in a row and it seems like a bit of a quick turnaround from the Dublin game was it hard to pick the lads up after last week in Croker such a great performance Well I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so sure about that because you know we knew that we knew that last as well that, that you have to just take every game on its own merits there, there 
are all tough games these are all quality teams Dublin and Mayo have probably been the two most consistent teams in the country over this last number of years so we knew it was, it was going to be a really tough game especially the fact that, that Mayo were coming here you know desperate to get points so um, you know we, we were aware of that fact but uh, no just disappointing obviously two, two one point defeats is, is hard to take but look at we've, we've three games left we were in the exact same position this time last year with four points after two or after four games. Sorry, so uh, that's that's the challenge ahead of us. We know that none of them is going to be easy. Cork next week down in Parky Ring. It's hard to know what to make of Cork so far this year. Very tough game, but but well, I can guarantee you one thing: they're going to be massively up for that game next week, and mm. because they got a, a bad beat in the last day they played there. So so again, it's going to be a tough game, but we, we prepare well during the week, and, and we'll be going down looking for two points in Division Two. It finished. This is the rewind on News Talk, sticking with football. This is the Rewind on News Talk, sticking with football and in Division 2. It finished Galway 15 points, Meath 112 at Pierce Stadium. And it ended uh, for Manor 117, leash 10 points at Brewster Park. Uh, Tyrone, top of Division 2, by the way, with four wins from four. They beat neighbours Derry for the fourth time this season with a 2-15-12 points victory at Healy Park. Sean Cavanagh and Aidan McCrory with the goals in the second half. Tiernan McCann, by the way, had a storming display. Richie Donnelly younger brother of Matty, was man of the match. Mickey Hart, the Tyrone manager, spoke to me after that game. Mickey Hart, you've always got to be happy when you beat the neighbours, Derry. Aye, we're happy when we beat anybody. Uh, two league points are to be, you know, we like them every day we go out. And it's very important to get these ones because we're on a good run at the minute and we don't want to run into any potholes. So the four wins out of four is really where we wanted to be. And uh, there's still more to do, but we're pointing the right direction. What was the most pleasing aspect of tonight? Was it the score getting or the fact that the lads really looked like a team who knew their plan, knew what they were at and worked incredibly hard? Yeah, well, I think after a wee bit of sluggishness, maybe in the middle of the first half, we got our act together and we pushed on it for half time to be up four points. It was a really good place for us to be. And uh, it was a question of then maintaining that lead in any way we could. So we knew that if we could at least not get beaten in the second half, then we'd win the game. So it's a nice place to be at half time if you know that if you can just tick off the opposition point for point, you're going to get your two league points. And that was our target. If we could stay with them toe to toe, point for point in the second half, then we'd be very happy. If I can use a basketball term, you're transitioning when well, you, well when you get the ball on your own 20 or on your own 13, the likes of Tiernan, Aidan, Ronan, they're all breaking very fast up the park. Matty Donnelly, we know he can do that as well. And you're using the ball well. Is that something you've really put a lot of emphasis on, a lot of work into? Yeah, well, it is. It's, it's an aspect of our play that we like to think we're quite good at. Um, and I suppose we have to bring a bit of variation into our game as well. But yes, we have players who can carry the ball at pace. We have players who can support them at pace. And when you have that, then you definitely ask questions of defences. So yeah, we'd like to see it as, as a particular part of our game that we're pleased with at the minute. Sean Cavanagh got a great goal tonight. Mm. He'll tell you who probably should have had two. Mm. Uh, but at times he was popping up in the fullback position. Is he using himself a bit differently now in the fact that yeah he can pop up in the fullback position but maybe he's not up and down as much he'll hang back there for a while give himself a rest because he's he's not particularly young he's been around since 2002 <laughs> yeah yeah well the, the years are there but the experience is with it and the appetite's still there as long as the appetite's still there then Sean Kevin is so massive to this county and he dare, certainly showed us that he has appetite there tonight and again it is a, ma- a question of game managing what he can do and you know he's got such talent that we'd like to have it in as many places as possible but we have to give him the opportunity to get his breath back from time to time as well and I think that happened well there tonight you will meet Derry again later in the year that in the Ulster Championship on May 22nd 
does the fact that you've beaten them four times give you an advantage going into that one is there is there anything you can take from these games especially this one going into that well you know it's that's hard to tell at this stage you know I'd say after the 22nd of May we'll be able to tell you the answer to that um, we're happy with what we've done to date obviously Derry will still want to come back and win that they'll see is the most important one of all so you know if we win all these games and still lose the championship then Derry will be ahead so that's the challenge for us we have to keep winning Final question. I know it seems like a silly one, maybe, but how important is promotion? You're looking good for it now. Yeah, it's very important. I mean, we don't want to be in Division 2. I think we were unfortunate to find ourselves there, and I think we have to get back up as fast as possible. And the fastest way is to go through this particular season uh, with as many points as possible, get ourselves into the final. If you're in the final, then you've got promotion, and then there's a cup for that as well, so it's always worth playing for cups. This is the Rewind on News Talk. Still to come, rugby. But first, Fintan O'Toole of the 42.ie. He is, of course, their GAA editor. He joins us now. Fintan, we have to start with Kerry. And um, a lot of people talking about Alan Fitzgerald getting sent off today. But they're not saying it was silly. They're not saying it was ill-disciplined. They're saying he was right to do what he did. He is, um, I think, because, you know, you can see that he was provoked, um, that he... You know that the the challenge I suppose in Neil McGee was uh, applying to his fingers. Um, so I think everyone feels that you know he was justified to fight back, but at the same time, I think the umpire was justified to uh, put his hand up. Um, and maybe there was an element of naivety on Fitzgerald's part, maybe kind of getting his revenge back so blatantly in front of uh, in front of the umpires. Um, there may be an argument as well that maybe umpires aren't always so proactive, but in this case, I do think the umpire made the right decision. Um, you know, in, in in making the call, and it set the tone for what was a very fractious opening half. The second half kind of calmed down a little bit, but I think there was an element of you know Donegal riding high, uh, three games in a row. Kerry, they needed that victory, you know. Playing in a refurbished Austinstock Park was a was a little thing for them, and obviously they were very disappointed with the defeat mm. against um, Roscommon in their last home game, and also the amount of big name players back in their side now compared to the first couple of games. You know, we saw Colm Cooper back in action yesterday, Donaghy starting midfield, so a sense that they're kind of strengthening and building, and that in Inverness's eyes, it was time to make a statement and maybe lay down a marker. You made reference to the umpire flagging the fact that Fitzgerald punched McGee. Difficult to spot because it was there was a body, two bodies in fact, between him and what McGee was doing to Fitzgerald, and you actually had to really look at the TV footage even to spot it. But should McGee have gone in that incident as well? I mean, if you're spotting one, should you be pinging the other as well? Uh, you're probably gonna have to give the umpire the benefit of the doubt that he yeah. didn't see it, and it was. I, I do think you know we have the benefit of you know sitting here on a Monday morning, uh, looking back at the TV footage, and like you said, with the bodies in the way. The punch, uh, or the, you know, the attempt to strike was fairly blatant and it was fairly clear cut uh, in front of the umpire. Um, I'm guessing that he didn't see uh, the earlier, uh, I suppose, challenge. Um, you know, I mean, is there is there grounds? I mean, look, probably not in this instance, but like, you know, should players be allowed to, I don't know, maybe kind of explain a situation like that to the ref? You know, I, I would have a bit of sympathy for Fitzgerald. I mean, he's a young player trying to make, I suppose, get a run of games uh, this year. Um you know, I think maybe kind of reacted like it was just kind of a rush about to the head like anyone would, you know, and maybe in a game if someone was trying to do that to you. Um, you often hear of when young players it. come into a squad, the biggest thing they have to adapt to is the physicality. And there's the, the famous story of Brian Corcoran when he smacked Niall Cahalan and he was, he was fearing for his life. And Cahalan said to him, about time for you. So is there going to be an element of that for Fitzgerald? Do you think that Fitzmaurice, although he would never say it publicly, might actually be kind of glad that Fitzgerald did what he did and senior players will actually say to him we can never say it publicly but 
well done you did what you had to do yeah and the other aspect as well is the quality of defender he's gone up against in the quality of the team I mean marking someone like Neil McGee one of the best full backs in the game compared to maybe you know in the previous I think he started in the previous game against Down when Kerry was, you know, was a walk in a park uh, 16 point win so I suppose if he is he's been on the kind of fringes of the panel for the last couple of years if he is to make a charge forward and become established it's games like yesterday are kind of instructive not just in, I suppose, the football. What takes football in a football element to to succeed at this level, but kind of physically, mentally, kind of coping with the kind of the intimidation and the the attention you're going to receive from defenders. So maybe in that sense, it, it was a, a useful exercise. Yeah. What about the game itself? Why was it so fractious? Was it the day itself? Was it the weather? Was it the history between these two sides? Was it the two teams trying to set down a marker, perhaps? I, very hard to attribute I think a league game when it becomes fractious to one thing I mean I think the fact that it started early with the kind of physical nature of the exchanges and then there was another incident soon after you immediately have you know uh, kind of tensions raised um, maybe an element as well you know the the actual the stadium in Ossetak Park the crowd are very very kind of close in on the action compared to maybe Fitzgerald Stadium's kind of a bigger wider uh, wider stadium um, and I do think there was an element I'd say Kerry were very pumped up for it I mean you look at their team compared to the first one or two games like Ed Omani, Mark O'Shea, Colin Cooper, Kieran Donaghy, Brian Sheehan, the captain back after his club exploit. So they did a pretty strong team, a lot of big names there. I mean, if they'd lost that game, you know, it would be a little bit worrying for them. So um, they kind of needed, they needed the points badly. Uh, Donegal coming down, you know, knew it was going to be a big test compared to maybe some of the kind of easier rides they've had in their first, yeah. uh, first few games. But they have done a very, very good start to the league. So I think both sides, it, kind of one of those games that, you know, that just setting down little early markers and also I mean if you, if you think about it with the way look, we talk about it so many times about the structures but that game is just so beneficial for both Rory Gallagher and Eamon Fitzmaurice and you could argue that you know like we're sitting here and most likely both teams are going to be in action on the August Bank Holiday weekend for the All-Ireland quarterfinals um, and unfortunately because of the system maybe they have to target a game in March to kind of learn more about their team than a game in June yeah, it's pretty worrying actually regards the future that are pretty worrying regards the present even I suppose as well. But Tony Cole, they'll get competitive games early regardless of what they do for the rest of the league because they're in the Ulster Championship whereas for Kerry, they have to wait till the Munster final. One game, yeah. yeah that's yeah, it. That's important. Um, what about um, where, where they're both at at the moment? What do you think they'll have both taken from their campaign so far? Well, I think it's noticeable that Donegal, um, you know, they're trying to maybe go into that panel a little bit more and trying to Get a couple of a couple of new players, you know. Owen Bon Gallagher played yesterday. Um, you know, Kieran Thompson, um, has also kind of emerged well in the first couple of games. But there's definitely a sense that you know there lo- the fact that no none of the established players walked away after last year. Okay, we know Paul Durkin is in Qatar, playing, and obviously he's playing Ballyboden at the moment. There's still some uncertainty over whether he's going to be available this year. But apart from that, you know, they're picking off a full deck. So. Is it kind of, I suppose, a last assault for Donegal? Possibly uh, for some kind of their uh, longer serving players. Uh, definitely probably would have been disappointed the way they kind of went out last year against Mayo. You know, well beaten that day in the quarter final. And I definitely think they've looked early on like a kind of side um, keen to make a statement. Um, I think Kerry are definitely just trying to trying to find a couple of new players. You know, it was interesting yesterday, Dennis Daly started uh, a week after Aidan Walsh, both from the St Mary's team, the one the all and Club Intermediate. So they've been given a chance to impress. Um, I suppose they're the new players. And then of an established players, it's been interesting, I think, to look at the form of Darren Sullivan the last couple of weeks. He's been pretty ravaged by injuries over the last couple of years. You know, had a bit part role, really, when they won the All-Ireland in 2014. Uh, looks like a guy that is pretty intent on trying to 
you know, probably fed up. Like the super sub tag has uh, kind of dogged him for a lot of his career. He kind of got got over. It. Then maybe twenty eleven was an all star and starting the team. Um, and definitely, I think his early season form, you know, looks like that he's uh, wants to bag a starting place. Now you got to look at uh, Dublin and Cork on Saturday night in Crow Park. I didn't see that game because I was at Tyrone and Derry. What about the performance of Cork? Will they be satisfied? Because Look, they went to Crow Park. They weren't beaten too badly. They put up a bit of a display compared to last week against Roscommon. Or will they say, we started well and we faded and that's worrying? I think it's a mixed bag. I think the fact that uh, it follows a pattern of core footballers going ahead of Dublin in Crow Park but not being able to finish out the job. Um, I think that was maybe a fitness and energy thing from looking at it as much as anything. I thought some of their players that were really impressive in the first half, they kind of noticed we tired around the 50, 50, 50 minute mark. Whereas Dublin were bringing in guys like Kevin McMenamin and Dean Rock who really kind of maybe changed the course of the game and gave them some added impetus. I think looking at it, I mean, like, you know, we we can't know these things for sure, but I mean, the way Cork played against Roscommon, they were so bad, they were so kind of looked disorganised defensively, looked disinterested in a way. I think they were targeting the Dublin game to put in a big performance. And I mean, they hit the ground running on Saturday night. Uh, big plus for them, I think, is Ian Maguire's injury problems over the last couple of years. He looks to have kind of... I suppose looks to have got a clear uh, run of games and fitness and another guy Kevin Crowley mm-hmm. defender who's also had injury problems two of them look like good options Crowley in defence and McGuire midfield and then Peter Gallagher this young foot forward under 21 three goals in two games now uh, he could have got another goal hit the post fell for penalty so I think definitely you know Patter Healy talked about that he like like most managers this time of year but like particularly with the way Cork won the last year's championship they needed to find a couple of new players and I think the signs are that they have the negative side then is that like you know four games in Cork over the last couple of years I mean they've been regularly featured in the semi-finals they're not really thinking about that right now you know they've had three defeats Monaghan at home next week um, on the basis that it looks like Down are going to go down, are going to get relegated uh, given that they have four defeats you know Cork are one of the teams in the mix was made out a good win yesterday but it's kind of relegation is on Cork's mind and it will be it, w- it will be a disappointment that they didn't see it out on Saturday night because it was there for them but on their second half play particularly in the scoring department didn't match what they produced in the first half What about Dublin in defence the big question about them is full back do you think that's going to be answered by one particular player or is that going to be answered by Jim Gavin tweaking his system a bit have we seen that yet I think it's more going to be a personnel thing I mean they like Michael Fitzsimons came on at half time um, I do think Davy Byrne of Dave Olaf has shown some good form but uh, definitely I think there will be a bit of concern with the the trouble that Kelleher caused them, you know. Um, like like I said, scored a goal, hit the post, and like you know, the when he uh, rose to meet a high ball, um, and was also full for a penalty. So maybe there's a message there for uh, future opponents. So it's definitely, I think, an area that Dublin kind of need to tackle. It'll be interesting to see who's, you know, I suppose it's still only March, and like we said, it was only Gollum Kerry. I mean, Dublin have plenty of time to work on this, you know, that yeah. to, to, to get it right. Um, but I mean, it's definitely going to be a challenge for them. And now that Jack McCaffrey's gone as well, I know we keep saying Dublin have a conveyor belt of talent and they've had all these underage success and all but that. But he's special, isn't he? I don't think there's anyone can move faster up the pitch with the ball yeah, and, and, than McCaffrey. And, Maybe Tierney McCann, but... And, and, and like Rory O'Carroll as well, I mean, you're taking out two real key defensive cornerstones of their last two All-Ireland winning teams. Um, so McCaffrey is going to be a major loss. Um, 
was on the other side that James McCarthy proved, you know, the way he, his athleticism is just absolutely incredible. And like he got through for the goal on Saturday night, like so proved, you know, that they still do have a, a kind of a Rolls Royce of a wing back uh, on the other flank. But, you know, definitely McCaffrey's a big loss, O'Carroll's a big loss. But the good news for Jim McGavin is I think he has a good bit of time to kind of figure out his options as regards who he's going to slot into those positions. And you'll have no one feeling sorry for them given the uh, resources they have. And by resources, by the way, I mean playing staff I just mean the talent exactly, they have yeah. in that squad um, let's move to hurling the, the the game on before the football on Saturday night was obviously the Cork hurlers against Dublin and they flopped again I mean it's been a really miserable season for Cork so far they look in real relegation trouble now having lost 421 to 217 yeah uh, look the the ball facts are there for everyone to see um, it's been a it's been a desperate start to the, to the league campaign for Kieran Kings and at this stage now it, it looks almost certain they're going to be in the relegation final um, you know you could argue that you look at Clare and Cork in 2013 that it, you know teams can recover from uh, I suppose battling relegation in the league to kind of feature in the championship and I mean if Cork win that relegation final they'll have stayed up and you know it'll be all systems go for the, the game against Tipperary but on the actual evidence of the the games they're performing, um, there has to be a lot of concern over. I mean, if you look at the Waterford game, I thought they were destroyed in the breaks or in the middle, and like Waterford were popping over points from all angles. Saturday night, the problem was like within a five minute spell, uh, like Cork actually started well, we're up four two, but then Road scored three six to no score. Uh, Dublin got three goals in five minutes, and they were absolutely just cutting through that defensive will, and that is the the perennial problem for this Cork team, and it has been for the last couple of years. You go back to the when they lost the twenty fourteen All Ireland semi final to to very well beaten, even the the Ireland final replay twenty thirteen, conceding five goals to Clare. That defensive like this has he tried playing a sweeper? Has he tried anything to to stop the not, rot? Not not so far this season. Obviously, they they used it at times last year when they switched for the Wexford game and the qualifiers. Mark Ellis went back as a sweeper. They got a bit of success with the wins over Wexford and Clare, and like they are capable of producing big performances. We saw with that win over Clare last year, but the problem is just this inconsistency and that the fact that I suppose they have a tendency like the Galway game last year, like Dublin last. Uh, on Saturday night that they leak huge totals and they, they can tend to capitulate and I mean look, the the late goals from James Harnady were absolute consolation scores and I mean like it ended up there were only 10 points in arrears of Dublin but I mean there were 19 points I think adrift with about 5 minutes left and that was more a more accurate reflection They kind of don't look comfortable in a defensive system even when they put a sweeper back it's a case of look you just go back there and help out be an extra body whereas well, when Waterford do it it it's kind of it's it's built around that system, and I know Derek McGrath hates that, but hates that word system. But when they do it, you get the feeling that it's something they've worked on. It's, it's yeah, their game, you know. Like Waterford are probably the benchmark, but I do think that Cork showed signs last year that the the kind of sweeper thing can work for them, that they can benefit from it. And right now, I don't think they have the players to go man to man. Um, when you see like Eamon Dillon, David Tracy, um, Mark Shooter were scoring at will on Saturday night, like you know. So, um, there is like. It goes back to I suppose you know problems that have been spoken about a lot of times about the lack of the lack of talent coming through in Cork and I mean like Pat Ryan the selector was asked afterwards about the defeat um you know like you know will you make a wholesale change to the Kilkenny game and he kind of said look we have what we have and I don't think there is a huge amount of players out there uh, in Cork that aren't getting uh, looking for this panel and that they they need to bring in and I think they're going to have to just try and find some way of kind of utilizing the the personnel that they have. I want to talk to you about Dublin as well. I mean they. They need goals. That's that's one thing that they have to improve on. And they appear to have found goal getters in the shape of Eamon Dillon, who's actually been around for a while. Uh, Shawnee McGrath and obviously David Tracy, who got one seven five of 
his seven points from freeze. Yeah, like Tracy's really kind of built on the form, hasn't he? Like he showed with Kula last year getting to the, the Leinster Club final. Um, you know, I think injuries kind of hampered him for a lot of his early stages of his career, but like I think if he can stay fit, he's going to become a key kind of attacking figurehead for Dublin and then it allows him to bring Liam Rush back to, to centre-back where, you know, he, he's just masterful at times. Um, Dylan, I suppose the key is if they can just get him to kind of maintain this form over the course of the year. I mean, he hit five goals in the Walsh Cup, um, another two on Saturday night. So, I mean, we talked about maybe Cork's inconsistency. That's a word that Dublin have been kind of plagued by. Like, they were so bad against Tipperary in the yeah. opening night. Brilliant against Galway. And I know talking to Jerk on him after the match Saturday night, that was the thing he wanted to perform on Saturday. So I think he'll be delighted that they put two performances back-to-back. Probably an asterisk next to this one because of how maybe poor Cork were. But definitely things are looking a lot brighter for them than they were uh, a couple of weeks back. And it's Walsh Park next for Dublin. They will play Waterford, who have beaten the big three in the league so far. Started with the victory against Kilkenny, follow, followed it with a win away to Cork. And yesterday, a dramatic injury time free from Austin Gleeson inside his own half, sealed it against Tip. And the bonus for Waterford, they finally got their first goal of the league. Yeah, and I suppose the the phrase second season syndrome was probably bandied about last or at the start of this year when kind of assessing their prospects. I mean, there was a story of 2015, uh, the breakout team really, but all the evidence so far is that they're intending to build on it. Um, been really impressed with say some of the younger players, the likes of like of Gleason, Shane Bennett. They seem to have stepped it up another notch. Mm-hmm. And I think having Patrick Hearn available from the outset this year, you know, he was kind of tied up with his college exams last year. Um, and you could argue Shane Bennett, you know, that was uh, juggling the leaving cert last year. I think having them available throughout uh, has really kind of given them a greater attacking edge. Um, you know, they look incredibly fit. You know, I thought that was very noticeable, particularly in the court game a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, they really look seem to have hit the ground running and there's kind of no sense that, you know, they're kind of maybe happy to take the league less seriously this year just because they won it last year. So, um and and I mean these victories, you know, particularly yes it is one because I mean like they were definitely the better side against Kilkenny, you know, should have won by more than four. They let Cork back into it the second day. But yesterday's was kind of a real tight match. Uh, you know, Tom Devine got the goal. Then Tip maybe looked like they were going to come back in. But McGrath got the goal. But it's interesting. Derek McGrath afterwards talking about this is a place we've associated with drubbings in the past. So maybe a message there that you know that they had winning in Simple Stadium was a big thing for this team um, at senior level, and that it was something yeah. to target with. And this was the pictures of his celebrations after Gleeson three kind of kind of told a lot that obviously you know maybe this this win was something that he had targeted. A first win against Tip in Thurlis since 1998 according to Tomás McCarthy. Uh, we heard him talk to Derek earlier on. Um, what about Austin Gleeson? He was put up front for the first half and Derek actually said we kind of went a bit more traditional. I'm paraphrasing now. That's not his exact uh, quote but um, it, it was noticeable in the first half that, that they did bring something different. Yeah and look Gleeson's a marvellous hurler. I suppose the question is just where to uh, where to utilise his talents. I mean, centre-back on the 2013 minor team, then he was wing forward the following year, scored that brilliant solo goal uh, against Cork in the Munster Championship, you know, uh, playing a more withdrawn role last year. Um, I still think he's probably better serves the team, kind of maybe back further the pitch, maybe somewhere in the 5-9 to nine, uh, uh, sector. Um, but he is definitely an option uh, for them. And I think it's just all part of a greater recognition that, look, their system got them so far last year, but you could see in the second half of the All Ireland semi final, once Kilkenny had that goal cushion when TJ Reid scored, who's going to get the scores for them? And there was no one really apart from Morris Shannon, and that was the kind of main plan. So I think between maybe trying Gleason in attack, probably getting Park Manny back fit, 
the emergence of Curran and Bennett that definitely Derek McGrath is surveying it this year and, and saying, we saw Devine he can get a ball and turn and he took his goal really well he, should have had a point after it as well he's a really goal scoring option I mean he showed that against Cork uh, in the two games last year so definitely I think there's a bit of a focus this year that they you know you can't stand still and I mean what worked for them in 2015 isn't going to work for, you know, they, they have to kind of improve and adapt a bit more in 2016 I think there's perhaps signs that they're doing that I saw Shane Brophy of the Nina Guardian say on Twitter before this game that Tip are in transition. How is that transition going in your view? Uh, well, I did. Uh, it wasn't at the game yesterday now, but I did see the their game against Kilkenny. Um, Transition-wise, it was good for them in terms of the emergence of some players that day. I thought John McGrath looked very, very good uh, throughout. Connor Kenny at times as well. Michael Breen looks like he's trying to pin down a regular place this year at midfield. Um, you know, it's a squad shorn of four big experienced figures maybe that weren't starting but you know kind of around the dressing room with the retirements that they had last year but um, you know the failings I mean they were, they probably should have closed yesterday's game out at a stage in the second half but they kind of allowed maybe Waterford to root back into it Didn't score and, for about 20 minutes Yes yeah, so, so something like that and like it was similar against Kilkenny you know they, they couldn't close the game out they had their goal chances didn't take them and Kilkenny punished them so a brilliant start against Dublin you know Absolutely wiped Dublin out that day. But the last two games, losing tight games, you know, that is a that is a bit of a concern. And uh, I suppose it's kind of the age-old thing that has been leveled at this kind of tip team. Uh, well, the kind of the tip team over the last three or four years. But early days, you know, it's Michael Reigns. It's kind of his first kind of a spell in charge. Um, probably a big game now against Galway next week in terms of both of them only on two points after three games. Okay, Fintan O'Toole, GA editor of the 42.ie. Thanks for joining us on the Rewind here on News Talk. No problem. Rugby now on the Rewind here on News Talk and uh, let's talk about the Guinness Pro 12 because the build-up to Ireland against Italy will dominate during the week. Don't forget Monday Night Rugby tonight on Off the Ball or Wednesday Night Rugby as well. But Connacht, once again, the talk of Irish rugby after their 28-23 win away to Edinburgh put them on top of the league or solidified their spot there anyway Or McKeown Bundy Aki Jay Keenan uh, Craig Ronaldson and AJ McGinty with the tries there after the game Captain John Muldoon chatted with Galway Bay FM's Rob Murphy Connor Captain John Muldoon I mean I'm just trying to put it into context everyone is look people have gone past, way past uh, anything other than full belief in what you guys can achieve on the rugby pitch but we still can't help checking the table checking the last five games looking at 24 points for 25 and going wow what are you thinking in that regard? Yeah, um, it, obviously we're delighted with the, the outcome of the last couple of weeks and we're sitting pretty at the top of the table and um, if you said 24 points out of 25, we'd have bit your hand off. If you, if you told us we were going to win this morning, we would have bitten your hand off to score five tries, um, sorry, to score four tries and have five points coming home. We're absolutely delighted, but I suppose um, from our point of view, we still have a few things to work on, but... Um, we will work on those. We will try and fix those little things. But um, we're absolutely delighted. Absolutely delighted. Um, 24 points out of a possible 25. We just keep putting pressure on other people. And I think people are looking at us thinking that the pressure's on us. The pressure's not on us. Um, we're just keeping the pressure on other people and um, just going out and enjoying what we're doing. And um, there's, there's great positivity among the group. And at times there in the second half, it, it wasn't um, by any means perfect. But to hear lads... Um, 
slapping each other on the back when we make mistakes and telling lads to move on and next job and to um, to push on. It, it, it's great to be part of this group and it's great to, um, I suppose, have that belief. And um, We have gone through some tough times this year. Uh, Jimmy was showing us a bit of footage earlier in the year against Breve and we've come a long way since Breve and that was only a month and a half ago or whatever the case may be. So, look, um, we've had our tough times this year but um, ultimately we've come out the other side and um, it's great also uh, to have a few lads coming back as well to bolster us uh, I thought Quinn did outstandingly well to get 60 minutes today uh, John Cooney's not too far away from getting back and we've a few other lads coming back in over the next couple of weeks that will help bolster the squad and um, give us a little bit of emphasis going into the last couple of games because um, with the games that we have coming it's going to be about the squad and as I said, there's a huge belief there, and there's um, there's huge honesty in our in our in the players around the place. So um, it's it's great great place to be. That game was a microcosm of the season as well, because like within it you had a great start and then you had some great rugby, but then you had this problem in the middle. Uh, you're talking about mistakes. You know, Dennis Buckley knocked on Matt Healy knocked on two players. Had great games, but there were moments where you could have caved in on yourselves. You conceded 15 points, but then we saw the defensive stand the work that you're doing on defensive malls, all that stuff came to the fore at the end. Yeah, um, I think that it was a short turnaround and there was a few battered bodies after last weekend. Um, let's not underestimate how important the win was again last week against mm. the Ospreys and um, we had a few battered bodies and it was a, it was quite a short turnaround. I know um, Edinburgh had a short turnaround as well, but the... Um, we didn't get to do an awful lot uh, of training this week just in terms of um, physical-wise, um, which is probably the worst week to come into it because uh, you know what Edinburgh are going to give their physical team. They, um, You know what you're going to get and it's kind of stop as if you can. And I think um, I must give good, big credit to the forwards. I thought it was a, a great effort. Um, their mall um, is very, very strong and I think, I think we did a real good job there. And to score a try was the cherry on top as well from our point of view. But um, I think coming into the game um, and the way things are I suppose um, you're always going to have periods of dominance and you're always going to have periods where the other team are going to have their dominant period and it's just a case of trying to weather that storm and trying to I suppose stop them from scoring Um, obviously we didn't help ourselves with a couple of mistakes in there but um, as I said the positivity and the belief that was there when when that happened we knew that if we could get the ball back and get into our um, our own uh, systems and um, hold on to the ball we, we knew we had the players and the capabilities of breaking them down and to score four tries was, was great um, to as I said, to get to get five points out of it was huge, and um, we're going home very happy. And um, it's a great way to finish. Uh, we took this as a block of five games, and um, we targeted twenty plus points, and to come out with twenty four out of twenty five is huge. I just have to ask as well, just to finish. You've been on, on the road with Connacht a long time. We've all been following them a long time. I, just looking across the pitch here in Murrayfield, I've seen some bad days here. To see what three hundred odd fans saluting you it's all this momentum that's around this team you've you got to be targeting some big things I know you want to, want, to, want, to, want to talk about finals or what you want or playoffs or any of that kind of stuff but you've got to have a lot of belief that you can go further than this Yeah there's, there's massive belief in the squad um, we flew over yesterday morning and there was, there was a lot of fans on our flight and um, even walking around we went for coffee and our usual kill a few hours in the morning and there was lots of people around and I think that um, with 10-15 minutes to go when you hear the chance of Connacht Connacht um, I think the fans believe and um, last week as well at home uh, I suppose we're, we're getting nosebleeds we're up so high at the moment and um, look as I said belief is huge at the moment um, 
we're going out there thinking we can beat any team and um, we're, we're putting ourselves in a great position um, we also can't get ahead of ourselves we've, we've huge huge games coming um, in a few weeks time we've got the three uh, derby games uh, Glasgow um, who have a couple of games in hand they'll be we've no doubt Glasgow will be in the top four by the end of this and uh, we've Treviso away who are a very difficult side uh, Munster saw that last weekend so yeah look um, we'll do the best we can um, we've we've put ourselves in a great position with uh, with the last four or five games so um, we can just keep doing what we're doing and hopefully um, it'll be good enough come the end of the season um, we, we have a couple of great opportunities ahead of us and um, we're looking uh, to have our best ever season people will say we've already achieved that but um, that's not the way we're looking at it well, that's it for the Rewind on News Talk this week. Next weekend, we've got uh, more Allianz Hurling League uh, football and hurling action. And we build up to the club football finals and hurling finals. Uh, we'll review the Six Nations weekend. Plus, we'll react to Aston Villa against Tottenham at Villa Park, which will be live on Off The Ball this Sunday coming. Remember, you can get me at any stage during the week on Twitter on at Oshin Langan. Uh, don't forget to join us every morning just before half seven and half eight on News Talk Breakfast for the latest sport. And of course, Off The Ball along every evening this week at 7 and this Saturday at 1 and Sunday from 12. Until next week, take care. Good luck.